What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q2Q Podcast. If for some reason you don't know us by now, my name is Ben. And I'm Becca. We are here to talk to you today about theme park news, concepts, and basically whatever we want to that has to do with entertainment. We're going to break it down for this you. This one is actually about theme parks, though. That's true. <laughs> and to join us this week uh, is the lovely and and wonderful Shay Willard. He's here Our again. favorite co-host. Oh, hello, everyone. Thank you for having me again. Always a pleasure. Um, and if you're following along with the release schedule, you'll actually notice that this is a week early than normal. Um, and that's, don't know why, that just, just felt like this week needed some Ten Commandments. So um, based on the episode title, as you guys know, this is another Ten Commandments episode, which is why Shay is here. <laughs> <laughs> um so let's get into the really important stuff uh how was how was your week we'll start with shay because he's our yeah. guest oh oh well my week was great this was thanksgiving week of course of so course. um and now that i work a bright and shiny corporate job it means that i actually got time off which is great uh, um, bonuses. yeah and i haven't had this experience really since school um but uh so hung out with uh had a nice thanksgiving dinner with people that are we, we work together and we kind of socially bubble together so it was all very safe um and uh what was great is the guy who was hosting us is like an expert chef but in, in a way that he is like he's like a chemist and he takes just the craziest things and combines them together into different wacky combinations and so these had these like delicious potato biscuits and he had a special way of frying the chicken. We had chicken instead of turkey because there was only three of us. But um, and this wacky salad. It was great. It was really fun. So Sounds that good. was my week. Sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Ben, how about you? Week was pretty good. Um, just worked a lot. Had the day of Thanksgiving off, which was very nice. Uh, right. Just saw my immediate family. And uh, yeah, it's pretty low key. Pretty low key week. Great. Good time. Yeah, I um I had the week off from work because I'm a substitute teacher. Um, but like I mentioned before we got on camera, I spent a lot of time with uh with my bestest friend Anna for five showings of Frozen this weekend. So I am very sparkly and very tired from lots of singing and dancing and watching the same movie five times. <laughs> <laughs> um it's it was pretty easy work, though. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. I would love to do it again. Um, so nice. if you ever want to check out those kinds of events, go to everlasting.charactersandevents.com. Uh, do it. Rad. Um, <laughs> lots of cool stuff over there. So is anybody drinking this week? Um, I actually had no new beers this week. So, yeah, it's kind of tightening the belt this week, unfortunately. But hmm. Did you drink yeah. anything fun on Thanksgiving? On Thanksgiving, um, Heather made a couple of drinks. I think she made a, there was one that had apple cider and Prosecco and something else in it. So that was interesting. Nice. But, yeah. Shay, you got a drink? Well, just basic tea. But I do want to say that a couple of weeks ago when I was at a, a fun little Christmas light event, I got to sample a peppermint porter beer. Ooh. Which was actually really good. You should do you remember uh, the brewery link. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's Kentucky Bourbon Barrel. Con- I love um, Kentucky Bourbon Barrel. Yeah, one of my favorites. Mm. Um, really, 
really good. I, I didn't think it would work. And then I got to try a sample and I was like, give me, give me a whole can. Please. Give it to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and this week I'm just drinking, you know, the traditional when there's nothing else on tap, the blue moon, the, the go-to. The, good stuff. It never, it never lets you down. It really it's always doesn't. exactly what you need, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, with that being said, let's jump into the news. So let's we'll start with a up. bit of lovely news this week. Disney donated about $20,000 worth of fountain coins to Florida's largest homeless shelter. They also cooked a feast for 650 people at the Coalition for the Homeless of Central Florida, um, which nice. is really nice, really lovely. Go and the, by, by fountain coins, I mean like you throw fount- like coins mm-hmm. into the fountain in the, in most of the time it's, uh, it's a small world actually. <laughs> Makes <laughs> and sense. They, they collect those coins and then they, um, they give them over to some nice little places which is 20,000 that's insane that's yeah. a lot of money you think mm-hmm. about it that place is sparkling the whole way through mm-hmm. there's coins everywhere which is which is lovely it's a lot of money um brightline and disney have reached an agreement for a train station at disney springs and it will go straight uh from miami or mco to uh, Disney Springs, which would allow people to not have to get a rental car, and international travelers can visit Southern and Central Florida in one vacation, which is a huge thing. Of like, the, that's the idea is like, instead of having to do one trip to Miami or one trip to Disney World or Orlando, then you can just do both of them in a week and travel between the two, which is great. Um, and that and the idea so cool. is to get a um, a hopefully a high-speed rail system between most major cities in the United States, which would be great, I think would be yeah, great. Yeah, absolutely. That uh-huh. actually really excites me. I remember going, being in Southern Florida, like specifically looking to see if they had a kind of like rail system in between them. Like a so way to like, get from one yeah, to the other. Because I didn't, I'm not old enough to rent a car. Like at that point when I went down, now I am, but I, uh, I had no way to get there. So I, what I, was, I was thinking that would be the coolest thing if they did that. So seeing that, that is uh that's wicked awesome yeah and i don't think there's been an official timeline released of when this is going to happen but um it is it has been apparently agreed upon between the two so part of it's already under construction i believe um i think the southern end is is i think so yeah so it's happening soon yeah i think i think the southern end is already happening and then they've just now added this this next part wow i just realized i'm still kind of talking in a princessy timbre and i'm kind of sorry about that (laughs) it also works for a podcast um (laughs) horrible news the worst theme park ride reopened this week no magic carpets of aladdin worse the fast and furious supercharged ah i can't believe you hate any ride more than magic carpets of aladdin (laughs) that's true i do sit on a high horse with that one That comes up almost as frequently as the Might of Lost Souls. <laughs> <laughs> I was very convinced when I read this piece of news that it was going to be Magic Carpets of Aladdin, but I was thinking there's no way they were closed. No, it was uh, Fast and Furious Supercharge open based on the holiday weekend because the parks are getting getting real close to capacity on most days now because it is mm-hmm. the holly jolly season, or as I like to call it, Nightmare Before Christmas season. Uh, we're in yes. the in-between. Where <laughs> <laughs> it is appropriate. Um, yeah. Uh, exciting news, you can now get butterbeer at Universal City Walk. Ooh, that Instead is of having to go into the park, you can get butterbeer outside, which is wonderful because 
I used to bring people to City Walk if they were coming to visit me. And if they didn't have tickets, I wouldn't be able to like bring them to get butterbeer. And it was, oh, to me, butterbeer is wonderful. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of that. I am definitely going to have to go check that out next time I go down. Mm-hmm. Okay, but do you want the bad news? What's the bad news? It's not City Walk Orlando. It's only City Walk Hollywood. Never mind. I will not check that out next time I go down to Florida. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, at least it's, at least they're getting some magic over in Hollywood. <laughs> they deserve it. They've been closed for a while. They're that still closed. <laughs> um. Yeah. The next bit of news is that Funplex Myrtle Beach, which is a tropical-themed classic parking lot amusement park, broke ground this week, and it's expected to be finished in the spring, which seems very quick for a build, but it says it's it's supposed to include um, seven rides, so it's like a very small little, like, beachy, like, kind of like a pier boardwalk type of deal, but... That's cool. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, It's probably... I'm wondering if... Because, like, that is a crazy turnaround. I wonder if it's just, like, seven you know, off-the-shelf spinner rides that they're just going to bring in and plop down on the ground and, you know, build a palm tree and call it a day. Who I knows? assume so. I will be intrigued to see it as it happens. I mean, it's supposed to be... It's supposed to be, like, a themed... Like, a theme park. So, hmm. who knows? It's It seemed like, based on the the article that I read, um, that they were trying to make it, like a like, a more like a heightened experience than the other because there's like i think there was like nine other theme parks in myrtle beach so okay they've got to stand out somehow that makes sense or nine other amusement parks not theme parks um and then finally on the news apparently this was a speed round of news um a new japanese theme park attraction lets you zip line into godzilla's mouth and we will share the picture of that because that looks great Looks pretty awesome. <laughs> How do you guys feel about zip lines? Oh, I love them. Have you ever zip lined, Shay? I mean, when I was a kid, I did like the traditional zip lines, you know, the ones that you have to hold on to with your hand, and if you drop, then you fall. I don't know if I've done like, you know, the 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 crazy zip lines yet. Um I don't know, I'd do it. I just haven't yet. Have you have you seen the images or video of the zip line that they have set up on Fremont Street in Vegas? Mm-mm. I so think I've for, seen it. Yeah, it's super cool. Actually. For those of you who, who don't know, Fremont Street in Vegas um, is like a, I don't know, quarter mile stretch of Main Street, essentially. But the top is covered in a curved um, LED video screen. Like, it's you know, it's not crazy high resolution, but still, they can put things up above it. And probably like a decade ago, they ran... Uh, they, they ran a zip line from one end of Fremont Street to the other. So at night, you are zip lining like in the middle of this curved video screen. It is super cool. That's I'll super pass. Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to do that. I mean, Vegas also just sets up zip lines everywhere. I think it was a Tropicana between their two giant towers. They just have a zip line now. Like, okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Last time I went zip lining, <laughs> it was, um, God, where was it? It was up in northern new hampshire is it gunstock gunstock has a pretty pretty actually good yes i did go there but i'm thinking one more specifically that goes just a zip line you drove up is it conway it may have been in conway zip lining is fun i remember i the first time i ziplined i was still afraid of heights 
So I was very, very nervous. And I think if I zip line <laughs> now as somebody who is constantly climbing around very tall places, putting lights in places, then I, I think I would be having a blast. Like my, my ex was the one who brought me and he worked the zip lines that we were going down. So he was doing like stupid spins and, and, and things like that. Cause you can like kind of, you don't like free hang there, but there's, there's a rotation movement. Mm-hmm. That you can do on a zipline. So he was just doing that. And I was like, please stop. You're going to die. <laughs> um, he didn't die. Just so everybody knows. Yeah. It's um, Alpine Adventures, by the way. And you are Ooh. very far above the trees. So <sighs> you're like, if this goes down, I'm going to die. Yeah, but at least so you're once dying. Once you let go fun. of that, it's really fun. And the views are incredible. Highly recommend it. Great. Well, um, with that, I think that's the end of the news, unless anybody else has something that we might have forgotten for this week. Uh, I think that's it. I didn't find anything else. I've got a crazy fun piece of esoterica news. Sure. Um, so, uh, as everyone, some people know, uh, my current like main theme park is Dollywood, so I take particular interest in Dollywood news. Good. Um, so, Dollywood's most famous infamous wooden roller coaster is called uh lightning rod and since i started going to dollywood it hasn't been open and um about a month ago rumors started uh about what was happening to it and um so there's there's a coaster company called rocky mountain construction which i think i've talked about on this podcast before they're great and their thing is that they take wooden roller coasters and they cut off the top and put metal coasters on top oh, of them hybrid and they did the one at six flags i believe yeah oh yeah they've done a few of them um the one at magic mountain wait did they do one at, at in new england that yep one? cyclone dude i want to ride that because because their work is so good they 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 just they look at physics and they say nope we're good um <laughs> but what's exciting so for, i i'm i'm still trying to figure out all the details but from what i understand rocky mountain construction actually built um the original lightning rod like just which is a straight wooden coaster and now by next spring they're going to replace like half the track with a bunch of cool rocky mountain construction stuff i don't know if they're going to go full on what they usually do but they're replacing it and changing up some of the stops and everything so lightning rod is coming back y'all it's going to be even better that's awesome i love that a fun fact um iron guazi in bush gardens tampa is also being done by Rocky Mountain Construction. Oh, cool. So we're They're, just going to have a ton of their coasters to go ride. Oh, they should, because like, they, they have such a good model, which is they, they don't bulldoze the old coaster, so they still, you know, they still honor what the coaster was doing, but at the same time, they make it better. It's always better. It's great. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. We yeah, the, um, the Wicked Cyclone, which is what cyclone is now called it was rocky mountain construction i remember specifically seeing the signs for it one summer and it it is a wild time six flags in new england it's funny because six flags has this this thing where the um it just to cut costs on building new rides like designing brand new rides they will move and like kind of have like a trade system of coasters and they'll just move coasters from one park to another but six flags new england seems like it's all, like exempt from that rule and it could be because it's a seasonal park most of the six flags are not seasonal that's but, true um but they just continuously add coasters which is which is great or they just refurb them to be 
whatever but like six flags um also has the trend of like it used to be an older amusement park and they try to keep the spirit of the amusement park that existed before them alive which is what i love about six flags new england because it's still feels like my my mom and my aunt go to it and they're like this feels like riverside Mm -hmm. which is what the park was before which i don't know i love steel steel coaster like the steel wooden hybrids those are i think they're wonderful Hey everyone, I just wanted to tell you about our new partnership with ScribbleScript Studio. ScribbleScript is an independently owned small business specializing in custom lettering designs. The artist behind it, Emma, is located in the Orlando area and frequently she can be found visiting the parks for inspiration. Some of my favorite stickers are her Happily Ever After Dumbo sticker and her Tower of Terror suitcase. So check her out on Instagram. Make sure you let her know that Q2Q sent you. And if you're looking for some fun stickers to put on your laptop or your favorite water bottle, make sure you check out her Etsy shop at Scribble Script Studio and use the code Q spelled just like the podcast at checkout for 15% off your order today. That's code Q Q U E U E spelled just like the podcast for 15% off your order at Scribble Script Studios. And we're back. Ooh, wow. We love that ad. Yeah, it's it's, it, it's really better every time. Better Honestly. with age, you know, it's like a fine cheese. Or wine. Ooh. <laughs> or a person. Or a person. Well, oh, sometimes. <laughs> Was did you think we were talking about you? <laughs> <laughs> I am elderly compared to y'all. Shay oh, gets yes. better every time. So you. elderly. <laughs> What'd you say? I said Shay gets better every time we see. No, him. but what did Shay say? Uh, I don't know. I just called you youthful sprites. Oh. <laughs> As you can tell by the the title of this episode, uh, which is Thou Shall Tell One Story at a Time, we are talking about Mickey's Ten Commandments yet again. Uh, This is part of a 10-part series, uh, and this is the the seventh episode of this, so if you have not listened to all the other episodes, I suggest you pause this episode now and head back to the beginning to catch up on all the Ten Commandments. But if you don't feel like doing that right away, we will give you an overview on what the Ten Commandments are. So Mickey's Ten Commandments is a design concept by the late, great Marty Sklar, and it was a set of guidelines for Walt Disney Imagineering to follow when designing new attractions, new lands, new parks, and etc. And I'm getting really good at explaining what Ten Commandments is, I've noticed. <laughs> so... <laughs> This episode is about the concept of tell one story at a time. And a thing that we've noticed with these Ten Commandments is they're kind of, they can't, they all have their own meaning, but they all stand within, with, with each other. So they are all kind of intertwined in these concepts. So I think the phrase tell one story at a time is the most straightforward of the commandments. Tell one story at a time. Yeah. Right. I don't think it needs to really have too much of a more explanation but um, that was a great episode see you guys next time have a great (laughs) night everybody Um, (laughs) but in uh the book one little spark which is written by marty sklar um they he tells the story of the mouse car and the goof so the mouse car is an actual award that walt disney used to uh give to those projects or those people who ex- exceeded his expectations. And then Scalar brings the idea of the goof, which is someone who maybe missed the mark just a little bit in their design. So um, in the book, he gives an example for each of those. So for this commandment specifically, he gives a mouse car to one of my favorite attractions, which is the Carousel of Progress. And 
I really love that attraction a lot. How do you guys feel about the Carousel of Progress? Oh, I love it. I see it every single time. Yeah, absolutely love it. Never miss it. It's, it was, it used to be when I was growing up, it used to be a joke of like, it was my grandmother's favorite attraction because she got to sit down and we joked that you could see her kitchen because the 1940s scene, if you look at a picture of my my aunt's kitchen now, but my grandmother's kitchen. And then that scene, she has the same general electric appliances, the exact same dishwasher, the exact same stove. It's great. That's awesome. <laughs> like even the little like copper things that are hanging above the stove in the Carousel of Progress in her kitchen to this day. Wow. <laughs> it's lovely. But um, the story of the Carousel of Progress is that like Walt Disney and GE, I guess, wanted to tell the story of Electric Progress. And when GE sponsored them at the World's Fair, they had two objectives. Um, The ride had to handle at least 2,500 people per hour. And it had to be about the impact of electrical products in the home. Because of course, when it was a World's Fair attraction, you were not only selling the concept of Disneyland, but also the sponsor's product. It It was a showcase of American culture, I guess, with with the world's fair in this yeah obviously it's the world's fair but it was specifically america showing off what they could do mm-hmm. classic 60, 60s so originally um the idea for the the progress like electric progress as an attraction was in the concept for edison square which would have been like a walk through land almost and it was an extension of main street in disneyland um but after once they got the funding from GE and they set set it up for the World's Fair, they were like, what if we did this attraction? And they turned it into a four-act play with a prologue and an epilogue, which is what we see today in Tomorrowland at the Magic Kingdom. And the thing that truly shows what this ride is was capable of is that it was written in 1963, 64, still exists in almost its original true form the only there's only been one scene change in the whole thing and it still will hold up even if you were to change it again to talk about the future quote in quotes here you wouldn't have to change three out of four of those scenes correct because it's still the history of electrical progress Mm -hmm. which i think is stunning and also who doesn't love that song it's a great song it's a pretty darn good song what do you think what do you think could even be in that last scene if they were to update it? Because everybody says like it needs an update, but it's like, but does it? Is it more fun to look at the the future in a retrospective way? Because <laughs> we're there. If you watch the finale of the Carousel of Progress, it's we're there. Every single every single bit of it is exactly what we're living in now. Yeah, I don't even know if it necessarily needs to be future, because like you said, it's just how it is, which I think is pretty funny considering. I don't think it was exactly like that when the scene was designed so the fact that we've come to that we need to think very carefully about what the future is going to be because clearly carousel of progress is going to predict the future <laughs> that's true gotta be gotta be careful gotta be careful i would I, I don't even know if it would be physically possible but if i were redoing carousel i would want to keep that scene but then take the epilogue um, and turn it into a future scene because you're right the the 90s scene is so like it, it belongs there because it tells the same the same story right we're telling one story of this family and how they've changed and I'm 
I don't know. I think the future would be some have something to do with the internet because that's a pretty big hole. That is a huge hole. I've never even thought about that. Yeah, and you know, at least they were able to to work the internet into Spaceship Earth. Um, but for Carousel of Progress, like, but at, at this, I don't know. At the same time, this is supposed to be about electricity, right? Mm-hmm. And the internet <clears throat> is a utility. It's not necessarily electricity. It's communication. It belongs in Spaceship Earth. So I don't know. Maybe we should start talking about renewables especially since we lost ellen's energy adventure we don't really talk about it anymore yeah we don't talk about energy anymore yeah which is wild because i feel it's one of the most the things at the forefront of life at this moment in time um yeah and the thing i've always talked about it of like i I agree with you of like the show as it is now should stay because that last scene is a very beautiful additive to it if we're then talking about the history of electrical progress but when you when you think about it like the reason there's a prologue and an epilogue is just for loading it's it's just for you to be able to pull people in and exit the show and i was thinking about it a while back of like could you prologue and epilogue in the same scene of like instead of it like you because they open the doors for the epilogue while he's talking so could you potentially do an epilogue as people are exiting and loading and then have that prologue to like explain what's going on do you know what i mean like i yeah i genuinely think you could it's just Uh, interesting to think about because that's the only reason why you couldn't do it is because you need both of those scenes for load and unload because they're two different rooms Mm -hmm. but i don't know yeah i wonder and then that also begs the question, <clears throat> you're going from turn of the century to 20s, right, to 40s. And then if you do change the future scene, you have an extremely large gap in Huge time gap. from mm-hmm. 40s to, say, you even go to 2020. That's a and huge that's, jump. That's not even mentioning that the future scene was changed already. Right. This is the second iteration of that scene. So I actually have never seen the original, and I would love to look into it because... Do you, either of you know what the original predicted? No. I know that they got to it real quick in the 80s, is all I know. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. That'd be something to look into if there's any knowledge of what that original future scene looked like. Yeah, we'll do the, I know, the usual YouTube sleuthing, see what we can find. I know that the scene <clears throat> now was predicting like 2010 or something originally, which we hit it. They yeah. were like five years off. <laughs> but yeah. every single element's there. But I digress. So next we'll talk about the goof. And in the book, Sklar mentions specifically Exxon as a sponsor in Epcot. So Exxon, speaking of universe of energy, as we talked, we just talked about, um, originally Exxon sponsored the universe of energy, which they might have been a bad sponsor, but man, that song is also very catchy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, apparently there was like, I mean, not even apparently, this is still how it goes. Basically, when Disney hires, hires, makes contacts with sponsors, Disney makes the attraction and the sponsor gets to slap their name on it. So if you ever notice that the sponsorships, the corporate sponsorships in Disney World are x attraction presented by x company so like um 
Happily Ever After specifically is presented by Pandora and um, Living with the Land is presented by Chiquita. Mm -hmm. Like um, all of these attractions are Disney attractions presented by their corporate sponsor who helped them pay for it. And it's and the 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 otter paddock at Animal Kingdom is sponsored by Otterbox. Thank you. Keep going. Thank you for that addition. It was very important. <laughs> I, also, I didn't know that, and I really love that. <laughs> oh, they knew their market. Um, so yeah, so it's it's a Disney thing, but Exxon wanted to be involved, basically, with the universe of energy, which you know their names on it. They, I, it's understandable, but I guess Exxon wanted so much information in their show that it was kind of incapable of making a balanced product out of. Um, and it was also like self-marketing for Exxon, which is funny because I mean, like it is the universe of energy. Technically Exxon is a energy company, but it's like, how do you, how do you present? Like it's, it's obviously going to be biased, but it's like, you, you got, you got to give love to everybody Oh yeah, in the, the energy world. It ain't just about Exxon. Um, and there's actually, the universe, the original universe of energy holds the record for amount of scripts written before greenlit. And it is 39 versions of the script were written Jeez. before the formal attraction was greenlit. Really? Mm -hmm. And this was before Ellen, I believe, I assume, because I believe Ellen came in the 90s. And the universe of energy came before that, which is wild to think about. But Else. that song is also a banger i love it so if you're new to the ten commandments adventure that we go on once a month um basically from here after we talk about the formal topics we will go into um a discussion about typically we we do the good the not so good and the atrocious or the really bad or the horrible or whatever we want to call it this week um last month was an odd form that we did which was a versus situation but i think it worked out really well for that topic but this month we're going to talk about some of the good examples of telling one story at a time and of course shay throws rise of the resistance in there again even though ben and i have not been on there but let's talk about that for a little bit shay Oh, I, just, I mean, I think there's there's going to be a few things up here that you guys haven't been on. And I don't know. I'm, I'm always always trying to look outside of um, the Disney parks. And we'll, 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 we'll get to that soon. Yeah. But more importantly, as I was crafting the list of things today, I was like, this is my hour opportunity to say something nice about some of the attractions that we maybe haven't been so nice to. Because the last time I was on here, I did not have nice things to say about Rise of the Resistance. But... No. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of this particular uh, this particular rule, yeah, Rise of the Resistance does a really, really good job because it sets out from the very beginning, it tells you what the goal is gonna be, which is escape. You are on a Star Destroyer, you will escape. And you do it, that's it. Like it's for all of the complications and the kind of crazy different stories-ish that it tells, it really, it really only has one thing, get out and you're done. Nice job, guys. Um, Yay. Yeah. Um, and like, and I, I, I enjoy that because um, like, I don't know, it's, this, this is the eternal thing is that you, you need to compare it to something else so that you understand like why there's a lot of things going on. Also, like, I, I feel like 
this goes really hand in hand with what we talked about last week because if you think about or last month because if you think about transformers right i talked about how there was a few different stories happening at once there was the story of trying to save the allspark but then there's also the story of evac becoming better at not running away and that's satisfying but at the same time because there were so many stories because there were so many different stories they were trying to tell the the emotional core of the ride which was evac's evolution got thrown to the side so you 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 didn't get that sort of um satisfying payoff at the end that you could have whereas rise the resistance doesn't really try to tell an emotional story they're like we're gonna get out we're gonna hit the high we're gonna we're gonna see a bunch of different highlights of all the the cool things that we like from the new trilogy um we're gonna defeat kylo ren we're gonna run away that's it and it, and it does it it does it really well and it's very and that particular story is is a satisfying story good all right i like sense. it i wish that i had have been on it so we could talk about it more maybe someday <laughs> i'm sorry I'm maybe sorry. someday <laughs> um I think, contrary to what you would think, uh, I think staying in that park, great movie ride, did that too. As weird as it sounds, I think great movie ride is actually a very good example of telling one story at a time. Because the goal of the great movie ride is a highlight reel of classic movies. Mm -hmm. And it does that the only and the only thing that's really that i'm kind of torn about with that is is the additive of the interactive element with the gangster slash cowboy Mm. is it's like does that help or hurt the goal of the the ride what do you think never actually thought of that yeah that actually raises an interesting point though i mean if the the whole point is to show you the movies, not necessarily to be well. See that, it's, but it's see take a ride did. through the movies. So yeah, you're making me think about it. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't. Like, I don't like thinking. Ben, that even, is the whole point. Of I can't this even podcast. read. <laughs> That's right. You can't read. As we just we learned. Um, I don't know. What do you What do you think? Does do you think it it adds to it or d- distracts from it? I think it. I think it's a cute little twist in the goal. It's, it, is, it is interesting, though, because as you bring it up, they are telling... So, okay, I'm, I'm about to answer a question you didn't ask. Um, so let, 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 me, let me... First, I think, yes. I think that is part of the story because it's just... It's a bump in the road. It's in in story structure. That's what's called the fun and games part of the story. Something goes wrong. The wrong thing is conquered. Um, and what's great is that it's not even the climax. You know, the climax of the story is, is not. The, is the Wizard of Oz, not yeah. the gangster. Yeah. So um, I, I think that adds to it. I think it's, I don't think it's a separate story. I think it's, you know, when you look at Rise of the Resistance, um, there are there's kind of two different villains. There's Hux and there's um, Kylo. Hux ha- is not the focus. Hux is a something to get over. It's a problem to solve. 
And that's that's all that these guys are. Um, but at the, at the same time, telling they are literally telling two stories at once, right? Because it's it's not just the gangster; it's also the cowboy. Mm. And so, which I guess is a testament of it being wonderful. I don't know. I, do you do you agree with that? It's a wonderful use of it because you can tell the same story with two different storylines. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think that's really good. I think the only the only disadvantage to that is if you have a very large family and half of them gets the cowboy story and half gets um the gangster story but that's so rare you know i i I, we've talked about it ben and i have talked about this of like i've only ever been in a cowboy car once and i had to request it (laughs) because when they are running at minimum like minimal capacity or when they were because it's closed now they only ran the gangster scene they only ran mm-hmm. one car and it was gangster if they were running both cars if you were in the front car you were cowboy and if you were in the back car you were gangster which is so wild to me <laughs> that because like i learned from like one of those like secrets of disney world books that this even existed and i'd been going for like 15 years and i was like what do you mean there's a cowboy what is that what <laughs> Right. It's crazy. <laughs> I like the gangster one better, but it could have been nostalgia. It could have been like me set in my ways, but I think it's really great at just like the fact that it is one story that is also two different stories, but it's still telling that one experience story, which is great. Mm-hmm. I love I love the great movie ride. Rip. Truly one of the most devastating losses of all of Disney parks. Oh, for opinion. sure. <laughs> I loved that ride. Um, let's talk about Bill that. Weasley. <laughs> um, what? Did you, do you not like the great Shay? It's not that I didn't like the great movie ride. I just think that Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is, is a more than worthy successor to it. Okay. Well, when I get on it, I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, damn pandemic preventing me from going to disney world damn demic um, that's damn right ben. <laughs> um let's talk about gringotts slash hagrids and you know while we're here let's compare some harry potter rides to some other harry potter rides <laughs> yeah i mean i have forbidden journey on the second list i know that's why i want to bring yeah. them all up right here let's compare well, them Great. So again, this was my opportunity to say something nice because I don't think I've said anything nice about Gringotts. No, you you've made it explicitly clear that you're not a fan of it. <laughs> but Gringotts actually does a much better job of telling one story than Forbidden Journey does. Yeah, and I think it it's for the exact same reasons that you've said it does a bad job in other categories. Because mm-hmm. um, you've mentioned that Forbidden Journey and the reason why it maybe not be not isn't doing such a great job in this category is that Forbidden Journey is designed to be a highlight reel of your favorite moments in Harry Potter. Yeah. That's what it's doing. It's supposed to take place somewhere between the fourth fourth movie? Third? The, yeah. Uh, the yes. the it, fourth it, and... The mentors are in it, so it's at least the third. And the dragon. Third and fourth, yeah. The dra- dragon thing. So yeah, it's between, it's between three and five at some point. Yeah. Um... And I believe the the design of the characters are the fifth movie. So, because okay. it's after the horrible haircuts. So, <laughs> um, 
forbidden journey just kind of jumps between conflicts the whole time there's no set like we have we have a goal we're gonna get there it's just like oh no a dragon oh goodness some spiders ah a dementor just no there was not a goal set out in the first place i think it's like there's muggles in the castle oh shit (laughs) i believe is what what happens the goal that they talk about in the queue is we're gonna put you onto these benches so you can come watch us play quidditch that's the goal is it i see that's not even clear to me (laughs) it's it's in in the scene where the three of them come out from underneath the invisibility cloak that's where they talk about it ah okay yeah which you know depending on the day you don't watch it yeah exactly if if there's not a long line you you miss the, the the crux of the narrative but Gringotts, and, and I, I'll, I'll say, I think Gringotts, and I think I've mentioned it before, it actually does tell too many stories because it tells two. It tells your story and it tells Harry, your Hermione, story. and Ron's <laughs> story. Um, and honestly, I would have been fine with Gringotts if it had only been, you go into Gringotts to look at your at your vault and something goes wrong. That's it. We yeah. didn't need Voldemort, any of that. But because it is just those two stories, and the two stories are linked really well, um, because the thing that goes wrong, the thing that knocks you off your path is Voldemort, and then at the end, the two stories come together with the dragon saving the day. Like, okay, even though it's two separate plots, it's kind of one big story that goes together. And that's the same thing for Hagrid's, which we brought up. Um, and Hagrid's, I think I've said lots of good things about, but I'll say more good things, which is, once again, Hagrid's establishes at the beginning, we're going to go look at animals. You go look at animals, and yeah, some other things go wrong, and that's just excitement, but I think he even summarizes it at the end, like, oh, well, we did a real good job. We saw spruits, and we saw some unicorn, and some kestrels, and, and just great. Summarize, move on. Be really nice. Awesome. Um, I think the difference between Hagrid's versus Gringotts and Forbidden Journey is Hagrid's is Hagrid's magical motorbike creature adventure. Gringotts and Forbidden Journey are Harry Potter and the blank. <laughs> so Harry Potter, it's supposed to be this addition to the Harry Potter story, right? Mm. Like, because every book is Harry Potter and the XYZ, right? So because their full title is Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey or Harry Potter and the Escape from Gringotts, like Harry Potter had to be there. Because if not, it wasn't Harry Potter, which is like, I guess, the, the, the issue that Walt Disney fell into in original Disneyland of if you're playing the character and you're expecting magic, mm-hmm. then you're going to be disappointed. And that's why we have the attractions that we have now, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that is a thing to think about in, in regards to this. But yeah. I like that you still have not really said anything positive about Gringotts. <laughs> but yes, I did. It does a good job of telling two me. stories. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. It we does a better like... job <laughs> than the other one. The, the, I will say a nice thing. The, the cue, uh, at least the first half of it, is really good. The compress and release into the main chamber of um, Gringotts is really satisfying. There, I said a nice thing. Awesome, I'm proud of you. Thanks. (laughs) All right. Um, 
let's actually i completely agree with this uh let's talk about islands of adventure as a whole yeah um ben i know that you're not super familiar with islands right have you you've probably been but not like actually remembered not for years yeah um Uh, hold on which remind me which um harry potter park is in which one i that's in islands the one you've been in is an island okay so i have been islands more recently Um, than islands of adventure is the simplest concept of a theme park and it's so wonderful because it takes this idea of these are islands and you're gonna find an adventure and it doesn't matter that the things are not related at all because it, it they are islands and it's it's fun to to listen to like the names of them too like i love the names of of the the sections of islands of adventure because it's seuss landing it's like this is a part this is where you go this is the port of Seuss, which is great and then it's like the lost continent it's like atlantis it's supposed to be atlantis which if it's in the in the middle of the ocean pretty dope except Mm -hmm. now it's also harry potter world but rest in peace the potential of the lost continent well i think technically lost continent and the, the reasons that you just listed are the reasons that i wanted to talk about islands because every separate area tells a very separate story and stays true to it mm-hmm. with the exception of jurassic world or whatever they're calling that part of the park it's now. still park jurassic world yeah. is, is going to be as far as i know jurassic park in orlando is staying okay and jurassic sure. world is going to hollywood so jurassic jurassic world yeah jurassic park in hollywood got remade into jurassic world and it opened before covid but then the Jurassic World coaster is going into the Jurassic part of... I think so. Yeah. Um, but the reason that I bring it up is because there's... Oh, hold on. I'm getting myself lost here. Um, I think there is a strict separation between Harry Potter and Lost Continent. Yes, and now there is. That, yeah. Um, and I think that's very important because in Jurassic Isle or whatever that part of the park is called, that is the only spot in the park where you have two competing IPs because you have Reign of Kong and Jurassic Park that are both on the same island. Everything else is is its own exist like yeah. Um, yeah, Marvel is only Marvel stuff, Seuss is only Seuss stuff, Lost Continent is only the original IP. Like and and those separations, whether they be bridges or archways, they you know when you're going from one IP area to another IP area, which is something that Disney's become better at doing but you right. look at like disneyland which we'll talk about they just take ip and throw it everywhere yeah i think that um it's funny because now that harry potter exists in, in where it does um it eliminated criticism because before harry potter the lost continent did not tell one story the lost continent had different parts of it because where harry potter rests was merlinwood which was still technically Mm -hmm. part of the lost continent but it was about like medieval times which is where the dueling dragons was and that and the hippogriff coaster used to be a unicorn coaster like those two those two attractions stayed exactly where they were they just rethemed around them to harry potter um and then they were also i i think it was like i think even and i mean they got rid of sinbad so it's not as telling but even between Poseidon to Sinbad to the to Merlinwood they were three different mm-hmm. narratives 
So I think with the additive of Harry Potter world, it actually has like hidden the fact that they weren't telling one story. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think Islands is in this idea of like each individual thing is separate, except like you said, maybe Jurassic. And even then, like, I don't even consider Kong as part of the Jurassic part of the park. Oh yeah. Um, and I'm not sure, I actually be very curious to see if the, cause on the Harry Potter side, there's a clear, it's the Jurassic Park arch on the yeah. Harry Potter side. You walk underneath that arch so and i'm not i think there's one on the other side so i'd actually be very curious about where it is on the other side if it's before or after kong huh i don't know but i i love islands um i love universal studios orlando (laughs) specifically i've never been to the hollywood one i've heard it's not as not as fun (laughs) it's cool there's some really unique things about it that i really enjoy but it's but Hollywood is still truly a studio park, right? Yeah, there's still a studio tour. Which is fantastic. like an elaborate studio tour as well. It's like 45 minutes to an hour long. Like it's nice. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's real. Rest in peace, the backlot tour. Mm-hmm. The competition of Hollywood's studio tour. Um, and to final, finalize our, our uh, good on this list we will preview the upcoming video for this weekend i suppose with we'll talk about the great humbug adventure so shay this video hasn't even come out yet okay um but it's coming out this week the end of the week okay um so we got to get a backstage tour of the great humbug adventure at santa's village so let's talk about how much of a great perfect ride it is so uh, again it just it tells one story and it's set it establishes it at the very beginning, which is humbugs, this crazy, weird, scary, stripey bug thing, have invaded Scrooge's house, and he is enlisting you to help him exterminate them. And you do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Done. Um, the original one tried to, like, take you through the story as you know it, the the Christmas Carol story, but with this sort of addition of the humbugs as something to fire at. But the new one is just like, you're in a house, there's bugs, shoot them. Great. And it's all Christmassy. Scrooge is just sort of a character who's around. He's not the main character. You absolutely are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't try and complicate it with other stuff, um, another story. So you get to concentrate on just shooting bugs. Yeah. I also think them turning it, because it used to be a two-story ride. And them turning it into the one-story ride. Well, yes, it's a shorter ride, but I think it helps concisely tell that story instead of them with the extra space having to figure out what what to do with it, you know? Yeah. Um, And like you said in the show notes here, all of Santa's Village does a very good job at at telling the story of this is Santa's Village. And of course, if you haven't seen it already, go watch our tour of Santa's Village with with christian he did a great job explaining like every single way like side like every place we turned he was like and of course a village has to have its airport village has to have its police station its fire station every single portion of santa's village serves a purpose Mm -hmm. for for a town which is crazy yeah i just love that every time they add something in it's like why is this here Mm -hmm. it's gotta be a reason (laughs) 
I love that. I love Santa's Village. It's mm-hmm. truly a magical place. Highly suggest going, especially if you have kiddos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did learn that they did not carry on for a winter season as they usually do oh. because, because of COVID. I looked at it recently because I was like, can we go? I would like to go again. I would like to go to New Year's party bration. I know. I would have loved that. But um, right. no, they. I think due to due to COVID, they decided to play it safe because I think it's it has to largely do with the outdoor versus indoor thing because their their winter season is mostly indoors. So, mm-hmm. that, but I that still wanted sense. to ride Rudy's Rapid Transit in the snow. Oh, I know. I was looking forward to that. I was looking forward to having a frozen face. <laughs> very excited. Um, so those are all our very good examples. Does anyone? Can anyone think of like an insanely great example off the top of their head? Well, so I, I swing back around in atrocious. We do a lot of this versus this. So mm-hmm. I will touch back on, on good stuff again later. Great. Yeah. Um, so we'll move on to our not so good category. And we did do a little bit of, we did, we touched upon one of the topics here, which is forbidden journey, but yeah. let's talk about Pandora. And I know we've, we have a whole episode on it from the first time we, we got to meet you on this podcast, Jay technically the first time I met you too, but um, we talked a lot about the cool things that Pandora does, but I think in this commandment specifically is where it falls short. Yep. That's exactly why I brought it up. For the same reason that I wanted to say something nice about Gringotts, for once I wanted to say something bad about Pandora. So (laughs) I think it's even in, in the summary for the episode Pandora is a story of acronyms because there are four, five different people that all share this one space and they all have very unique stories that impact each other, but they're all a different thing. And if you really want to understand what's happening in Pandora, you need to know what all five of these different tribes are doing Mm -hmm. and what their history is. And it's really cool and really rewarding, but we had an entire hour-long episode to describe the story. To me, that's too much story. <laughs> <laughs> and and like you've mentioned before, is we all love the attention to detail. But if I can't get it on the first try, I don't know if you did that great of a job. Like, <laughs> I talk about it with how I love Rivers of Light, but man, it missed everybody the first time oh around. Yeah. <laughs> that's not on the list anywhere because that's man that should be i'm sorry that should be an atrocious like it's a great great story but you're right there's so many things happening so many things i story of water fire no it's a story of the shaman but why are they guys there's too much going on (laughs) you're you're 100 correct yeah i pandora there's i think and exactly the fact that like before you told me all of this i didn't gather it once you it was kind of like poetry if you think about it of like when you when you look at it for face value you're like all right that's a poem and if you try to dissect it by yourself you you're gonna lose some stuff but if you sit down and you discuss it with a few different people then you've got it and and pandora is a beautiful poem but (laughs) <laughs> gotta if someone isn't explaining it to me it's it's not there for me you know yeah and I, I think where they succeeded was the rides themselves do a very good job of telling one story yes um, flight of passage the story if you're gonna write a banshee you write a banshee mm-hmm. Down, um uh, river, river journey, journey you're gonna meet <laughs> Navi. 
you meet a Navi and that's it. And what I find really amazing is that both of those rides depend on only one of the uh, five tribes. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. you know, you, you need, um, for Flight of Passage, you need not even Alpha Centauri Expeditions, you need the Pandoran Conservation Initiative to describe how you're able to link into an avatar. Mm. Um, but even then, we didn't bother explaining to people in Snow White's Scary Adventure why they were Snow White. So, and but uh, granted that that it's fantasy land, so things can happen. So, but in the rules that we've established in Pandora, Navi are a separate entity from humans. But you really you didn't need any of the other stuff to make those two things work. And like we talked about in that first episode, you really don't get the the emotional beats from Pandora that you're supposed to get until you ride Flight of Passage. Yeah. Yeah, and and now that you've said that, like my my aunt thought it was cool looking, but she was like, "Is really dark," and the lights were there because she gets motion sickness. Mm. So she has not that she's afraid to ride flight of passage, but she's hesitant to ride flight of passage because, like she said, like if she's going to do it, she wants to do it like last thing of the day that she knows she's going to get home and like knock out, you know, it's similar to how you ride mission space. (laughs) If you ride mission space, I don't. Um, But just, I think it's a different, I think you're right of like, you don't realize the lovely part of Pandora until you ride the ride. Mm-hmm. And like even um, Mike, my boyfriend Mike, he loved Flight of Passage. Like he was like, he was like Disney was fine. Flight of Passage was great. <laughs> <laughs> like just it, it tells this such like such a profound story and experience. I think, but I think the land overall doesn't lead you to know that because it's it is disguised as the mountain. Well, it's just a big old building and you realize that when you're standing inside of it <laughs> like when you queue through that line you're like i've been in line forever i think the, <laughs> does the, i'm sure the line gives a little bit more exposition to those to those places just not outwardly because yeah. you go through territories of each tribe mm. while you're going through that queue mm. but, yeah I mean, through the last like five or ten minutes of the queue you really get a lot of that exposition, and I, I mean, before you meet um, the people, the yeah, um, because that's where you get to see all the cool equipment and everything, and kind of make that connection of, oh, I'm about to become a science experiment. Yeah, we love it. We love it. Um, so now that we've talked about the all right versions of telling one story at a time, let's move into. Um, perhaps the not so great at telling one story at a time. So this is our uh, weekly mention of the greatest attraction of all time. And that would be <laughs> the mine of lost souls. I, I just want to say this is probably the greatest goof of all time. Can we just designate it as that? <laughs> like it's... Um, oh, 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 we, Speaking of really great attractions, we didn't mention the, the perfect attraction of all time, which would be the Tower of Terror. And guess what? Guess what it still does? 
Tells one story at a time. True, it does a very does good job. Really great job. Yep. We Ben, the episode you weren't here, we deemed that the Tower of Terror has been mentioned on pretty much every episode of Ten Commandments. So we've just yeah. decided it is the perfect attraction. Yeah, I mean I think that makes sense. Like our I think the mouse car of all time goes to that and then goes the, to the, the goof of all time goes to the mind of lost souls it just makes yes. sense um so, them are mentioned every single episode in good right. and bad respectively so um and if you're new to this podcast at all you you're in for a treat to hear um about the mind of lost souls and if, if you don't if you're not from new england you won't know that it's at Canopy Lake Park in Salem, New Hampshire. Um, it is the weirdest dark ride of all time. Oh, wait, this is a perfect time to bring this up. My friend who listens, hi, Sam. Um, she texted me because she was listening to the episode in which we shat all over <laughs> the Mind of Muscles. <laughs> We're really not nice to it. <laughs> um, the most recent one where we shat all over it. Um, and she mentions, because we said that Billy and Bobby are mentioned at the beginning. And you, Shay, I think, said that isn't there like a shadow or something of them in the beginning where they like, it's hinted that they die later remember how i was like there's this two these two people that like sit up the the weird peppers ghost effect that's them if you look at Ooh. if you look at the tombstones it's their name hey thank so, you man. that's great at least they're in there sort yeah. of were they really into egypt <laughs> I think so. It must um, have been. I, I'm, we're going to find out. We're going to do some some heavy research on the Mind of Lost Souls, and we're going to figure out what was going on in the building of that ride. Let's Swear hope. to God. Um, but I, I don't even know if we have to go really into detail about this, because we talk about it all the time. It just does not tell one story it it starts off with this these two boys going into this mine and you think you're going to just follow them or play the role of them unsure um and then you go through many different scenes that don't connect at all and yep. it's just utterly you chaos end up in and hell you end up in egypt for egypt. some reason um, it, it's a great time and then you're back in canopy lake park yeah there's no resolution either and that's the that's the thing that i think sits most yeah. uncomfortably with it is that there's there's no resolution you don't or maybe you do die and we just i probably died know. i'm probably in a body stack it can't be like park right now i just don't know it oh i for sure am right? with the amount of summers i spent there <laughs> i think what's all that has to be said about the mind of lost souls yeah. um let's talk about fast and furious supercharged versus reign of kong now I, I, we mentioned this already on this episode that the fast and furious supercharged is in my opinion the worst theme park attraction that has ever been created and it's a fairly popular opinion. Um, I, I'll admit, I, I came into this list determined to find something nice to say about Supercharge, and I failed. Because uh, I wanted to talk about how, oh, if they only tell one story, and they tell, and then I was like, no, they don't tell one story, especially the new one. There's, there's, you know, the witness, and there's the party, and there's that you're, you're at a garage, and then there's whatever uh, the 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 rapper guy who's in it now for some reason, whatever he's doing, like there's so many different things. It's ludicrous, right? Ludicrous, that's the <laughs> one. There's all these different stories and they never come together. I mean they do come together, but you don't understand it. <laughs> uh I 
like you, tried uh, every week we do Ten Commandments. I try to find out if Fast and the Furious fits. I try, I try so hard because I want them to to win something. Yes. And I started thinking about this, and I was like, nope, no, they don't. You know what? We will be able to say something nice about them for ounce of treatment, ton of fun. We will. Except it's not that fun, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) at least they tried. My problem, my problem. See, the thing is, is I I also am a firm believer that if you're going to replace a ride, you need to replace it with a worthy successor and they failed entirely. No good. (sighs) Disaster was my favorite ride at that park. Uh, It was my favorite. (laughs) I digress. In this atrocious list, I did very, very definitely want to compare all these things to a, a better version of it, which is um, Reign of Kong, because it's the exact same ride system. Yes. And Reign of Kong tells one story. You're going to see some beasties, you're going to meet Kong, and you're going to be good. Plus, the difference between this version and the one in Hollywood is that this version has the, uh, the, the character who drives the car. Um, he has a name. Uh, isn't there it, like four different versions of it? Oh, are there? I believe there's four different characters. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, let me let me double check that, but talk yeah. about what you're talking about and I'll confirm. Because I remember he give he, she, they give themselves a name and it's something, it's like Chase or it's it's kind of a, a self-deprecating name. And at the end of the tour, this guy decides, this person decides that they are they're going to get rid of that name because it no longer applies to them. And that's, that's nice. That's your emotional core, just like Transformers, where you've got this character that we're supposed to latch onto. And I'll admit there's audio issues in the ride. So you kind of lose track of what this character is going through. And I wish they would turn up their, their dialogue and turn down everything else so you can hear what's happening. But it is a very nice story that this guy goes through. And they're separate enough, you know, the monsters and the driver are separate enough that the stories are sort of being told at the same time, but you can kind of pick which one you want to pay attention to. Um, And I think that that works. (laughs) And if there's four different ones, I'll be even more interested. I'm, hold on, I'm trying to find out. Okay. Also, Kong does a really great job. But the, oh, see, one thing about Kong, though, I've said this before, is the queue. Uh, if you don't sit in the queue, you don't get the full story. That's true. Yeah. You do need the queue. Uh, <sighs> each vehicle has an animatronic driver who interacts with the riders, but instead of using the same driver for every vehicle, there are five different drivers, each with different dialogue and storylines, so the riders can experience the ride in different ways. Five, five. I did not know that. Um, the five different drivers are Becky Callahan and Loose Cannon Cowgirl, unfazed by the dangers ahead. I've met Becky. She's been my driver both times I've been on the ride. Will okay. Denham, the fresh-faced adventure-seeking cousin of filmmaker Carl Denham. Um, Kalana, hmm. Kalana, a mystical descendant of the natives who first settled the, on the island. Jinx Costanza, a hardened New York ex-con who worries, who's wary of the island's mysteries. And Charles Doc Jordan, a PhD student in paleontology who's taking time off of his studies to explore the world. Cool. So, I, which person did I get? There was, I think it was the hardened criminal, the ex-con. Yeah, Jinx Costanza. Yeah, Jinx. That's what he his he no longer wanted to be called Jinx at the end. So, geez, the character that Ben would play. <laughs> yeah. 
I wonder if there's a, I'm always the joke. There's a recording of everyone's dialogue to see if they all kind of go through that that character shift. That'd be cool. But I don't know. I I know I both times I've been on the ride I've had Becky Callahan. I and I also believe that each of the buses has a different license plate that tells you which driver it is too, which is fun, I believe. It's very right. similar to the rock and roller coaster concept. Sure. Um I would be curious and, and obviously I am too much of a baby child to uh, to remember confrontation but i'd be curious to see the differences between the two of them and see if both of them hold up to the idea of telling one story at a time i i never got to write it but from everything i've heard yeah it's the the story is you need to escape new york and you do yeah um, a hanging thing yeah <laughs> what, a, what a crazy ride system that it's wild to me that they replaced it because of how much money they put into it boy am i happy i mean i guess i'm not happy they replaced it i don't know what the ride was like maybe the ride was spectacular and people like people are still mad that they got rid of confrontation but that is my all-time favorite roller coaster (laughs) the mummy is wonderful um my favorite piece of trivia is that you can still see beams in the ceiling um in the mummy if you if like the lights are on or like if you're looking very carefully but you can't look carefully when the ride is moving because you're on a roller coaster but there. love it um yeah supercharged sucks anyway yeah um oh star tours versus star tours yeah oh i hate new star tours uh so th- this actually talks re- reaches back to discussing um Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, which is the current Star Wars, is as stated and approved by George Lucas. It's just a highlight reel. It's different every time you go on it, but the story makes no sense. And every segment is completely different, unrelated. They just, you, you can tell that they just decided we're, we're going to completely ignore the one story at a time thing. Um, yeah, oh, absolutely. Where, yeah. Whereas the Star Tours of the 80s and 90s, Oh man. It was such an easy concept. It was yeah. this is this pilot's first flight and you are joining him to go to Endor. And, and then things girl. happen. Yep. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what happens in between if they're not connected or if they are completely connected because the goal is that you get to Endor. And because things go wrong, even if you didn't get to Endor, it's okay because things went wrong. Like you're on this robot's first flight. That is the story. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's flawless. I miss it. And I wish they would put him back. Well, I love that because, te- you know, technically this is also C-3PO's first flight, but then ladies, he shouldn't be able to fly. Nope. He's he not. Have, he doesn't have programming for it. He's not designed for that. I mean, technically R2 is the one flying which is theoretically a thing he does oh yeah because r2's on the top of that yeah oh and r2 was on the original star tours as well <gasps> i wonder how much was rex flying and how much was r2 flying conspiracy Maybe let's rex do it. Actually shay can we write a video about it yeah let's do it <laughs> um dumb theories um yeah, no, I and the thing the thing that I really really liked about the original Star Star Tours is that um if you listen to the soundtrack still, which you can. Um it's usually usually part of like 
excuse me, I had to burp. Um, it's usually part of many of the like classic Disney songs collections, and it's, you can find it on Spotify. You don't need to see the visuals to know where you are. You really? can tell what's going. If you listen to the soundtrack, you can tell exactly where you are in that ride because if the soundtrack goes from each it is still technically it's the it's the mix between the prequels and in the in the original trilogy um which couldn't no it had to have been the original because yeah, it was it only was, the original but it 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 just shows you all these places that happened in the in the originals and you know the theme so well at this point that you just know like you don't if you were if you could not see that day and listen and you were riding the ride you would still know what the visuals were mm-hmm. it's it's crazy oh, yeah, I love absolutely star love star tours. and i just i can't stand that about new star tours how it just it, it's not cohesive in the slightest and they don't even care yeah and the, the thing that irks me the most is if they just committed to that too and it's always going to be random that would that would be cool. I hate when they come out with a new movie though. You get stuck on the same two, that still di- don't make any sense. Yeah. So, I just feel like it takes away like okay, if you're gonna be random, commit to being random. Don't just make every ride the same. When it and doesn't thing, make sense. The thing that I I joke about is like, you made Batu and you made Rise, and you made I mean like Smuggler's Run is a weird mix of every Star Wars movie. <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> um, you made your Star Wars land. Give the fans of the original trilogy something to look mm-hmm. forward to. That, that my thing is, it's like Disney. Disney, you have your Star Wars. Give somebody, give people what they want, because there are people who are purists who only like the originals. And like, I like most of the Star Wars movies. I think they all are have their own things, except for the first three in the order of you know, the way, the order of the tri- or, or the order of the series, not the order of release. The first se- in order of release are great. The prequels, um, the prequels suck. <laughs> um, They're still better than the sequels, fight me. Another conversation for another day. Man. Oh, we will have Let's talk about Attack of the Clones and then we'll talk about what a bad oh, movie is. I will is. talk to you about Attack of the Clones <laughs> all day long and I'll defend it to my deathbed. Um... Master Obi-Wan would be very grumpy if he saw me doing this. An actual line written for Attack of the Clones. But... <laughs> oh, it's some horrible lines. Correct. Bad writing. Anyway, let's move on from Star Tours. Um, Shay, you have a couple of ideas of... Let's talk about Disneyland versus Magic Kingdom. Yeah. So um, very quickly, because we've already broken it down in another episode, but Disneyland's Tomorrowland versus Magic Kingdom's Tomorrowland. We've talked about how Disneyland's Tomorrowland doesn't make any sense. Um, because right now it's just a bunch of different IPs and Space Mountain, um, and they're all kind of in the same place. And this is sort of the issue that Disneyland has in general, because if you look at Magic Kingdom's Tomorrowland, even though yes, there's, well, now there's only one IP, but there used to be two IPs, um, and a few other things kind of littered around. I guess there's still two IPs, um, plus the original ones. The point is that the story of Magic Kingdom's Tomorrowland is that it is a World's Fair type attraction. So you come in here, there is a reason that there is a thing that the monsters set up, a thing that the toys set up, a carousel of progress. There is a story, there's a story 
justification of having all these different things in one place. Whereas Disneyland doesn't even try. They're just like, here's cool stuff. And that is why the next thing on the list is Fantasyland at Disneyland and Magic Kingdom. Because um, Magic Kingdom, the story of Fantasyland is that they have set up a fair behind the castle. And they have invited people from many different kingdoms and many different denizens to come and hang out while the fair is going on. So once again, we have a perfect justification of Peter Pan has brought his flying ships and wants people to ride them. Um, the kid, children from all over the world have brought a tour so that you can see some of their nation here at the fair. Um, all of the, the, the um, princesses have come and want to meet you. But you go to Disneyland, there's no justification for having all that stuff out back. I, I think the justification is this is where Mr. Toad lives. This is where Peter Pan lives, Pinocchio, all of them, which, I mean, fine, you, you, you can give that to them, but that doesn't have near the same like story value as a fair. This is a temporary thing and people are, the reason this happens today, every day is because it is a very special day today. Whereas Disneyland, it's just a normal day. Like, then why, why is all this stuff happening? Um, so I just wanted to bring that up in terms of Disneyland has all of just takes a bunch of stories and throws them at the wall. Disney World, Magic Kingdom specifically, gives one story that ties all of these loose stories together. And Becca wants to say something. I have a challenge for you. Okay. New Fantasyland. New Fantasyland? Oh, sure. That's... Why is the Beast Castle there? Why is the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train there? Ariel, I mean, Ariel's Undersea Adventure, like, whatever. But, like, theoretically, that is part of her grotto. So, yeah. while the rest of Fantasyland is, like, this is a fair. And this is where we come to show everybody our cool stuff. Mm -hmm. But those three attractions are, from my understanding, what they are. It's the, yeah. the mine of the Seven Dwarfs. It's the Beast's Castle. It's... Ariel's grotto, I guess. Well, and you're you're right about Ariel's undersea adventure because remember the the castle is on top of it as well. So that's another yeah you're you're 100 correct. That is another um, landmark. So this is the story of New Fantasyland, and I will admit that because of the physical constraints of the um, utilidors, they are not able to plan plant nearly as many trees as they should be in right. order to really sell the story. But the story is that this is the magical, mysterious woods behind the castle. So you go into these woods and you go and explore. And of course you come upon the beast's castle because the beast is also in the mysterious woods. Mm -hmm. Of course you come upon the seven dwarves mine because that's in the mysterious woods. Uh, mermaid kind of, you know, but you understand the idea. And then when you get to the end of, the woods, what do you find but a traveling circus? Like, yeah, that's that's the story. It's it's not as clean as the fair, but the story's there. Sure. Okay, that, that makes sense. a lot more sense. That's helpful. Yep. Um so you want to talk about Dak versus a Hershen Entertainment Park such as Dollywood. Um versus a castle park or a, like a studios park right yeah um and i'm not entirely sure where you where you're headed with this so i've never been to dollywood um 
or I don't think I've ever been to a Hershen Entertainment Park, actually. Um, I think there's only two of them. I think it's just Dollywood and Silver Dollar. That's and, what I thought. Um, and my, my brain is on Hershen right now because I'll be... Because you're there. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll be, I'll be at Silver Dollar this coming weekend and then Dollywood the weekend after. I'm, I'm just knocking it out. But um, uh, so the reason that I bring up Animal Kingdom and Hershen Parks, so Silver Dollar and Dollywood and put them in the same place is because they the parks as a whole tell a really good single story um which is animal kingdom is this is a place where animals live ta-da um and speaking of we yeah. didn't even mention on the news that joe Rody announced his retirement this week that's right oh which yeah. is great for him he deserves <laughs> it I keep saying that everybody's like, no. And I'm like, listen, guys, he has worked so, so hard these past, what, 43 years, was it? It's like some ridiculous number. I mean, good for him, but uh, I guess we have Disco Yeti forever. (laughs) That's what everybody keeps joking about, too. Yeah. But anyway, so you were saying, Dak, this is a place where animals live. It's a place where animals live, and it's just different animal biomes. And even, even like aesthetically, when you're walking around Animal Kingdom, the transitions are really nice. Yes. Because it's all vaguely jungle-y. So you don't feel like you're ever being pulled out of one place and thrown into another. Except Dino Land. Except, which is the point, but yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Hersh- one story at a time, my ass, Dino Land. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man, we didn't even think, there are so many stories happening in Dino Land. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we don't need to talk about it. We've talked about we've we've beaten Dinoland to death. Hershen Hershen parks are the same thing, which is um they they don't ever try and tell you that you're not in the Smoky Mountains or that you're not in the Missouri Mountains. They they just like this is a different part. So here is your Old Westville, which is a lot. A lot of these parks are, you know, Old Westville, especially Silver Dollar. It's pretty much just the next iteration on Old West. Dollywood kind of branches out a bit with like a river town and top of the hill town and train town. But like train town, my favorite. But but that's just it is that they 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 have their theme, they have their story, which is you're in a place that's out of time that is in the middle of the woods in the mountains, and there's cool rides here. And I really like that it does limit them on like what kind of stories they can tell. But at the same time, there are so many stories that you can tell from the old West. So why would you want to branch out? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing I love about silver Dollar specifically is they have this, um, this, is it called the mystic trend? They, I don't remember what it's called, but they have a story with like characters and a town that they are building and they could have done something unrelated, but their last big ride was directly tied into the story. Like not even the story, the plot that has been established in that part of the park. Um, and, and that's what I really like about them is that they all make sense. But then we compare it to the castle parks. And by that, I mean like Disneyland, Magic Kingdom. Man, there are, if you just look at that park from bird's eye view, how many different stories are being told in that one park? Um, Main Street is a totally different story than Tomorrowland. is a different story than Fantasyland. Um, 
and then it's it's even worse, frankly, in the movie parks. And this is Hollywood Studios, um, pretty much the Universal Studios, and I'm even lumping in California Adventure because it's just like IP, IP, IP. You know, how much IP can we throw in here? Who cares what story we're telling? Get the IP in there. It's it's actually interesting to talk about Epcot mm. because I think originally Epcot did a very good job at telling its story of the fact that it is supposed to be a permanent world's fair. And are these, these attractions over here that are telling you snippets of these corporate sponsorships of why you should care about their product. And over here we have chunks of the world now I think that I think it still serves a pur- its purpose of this permanent World's Fair. I think it still does a pretty good job at that. But when you look at an individual level, is it still doing what it's supposed to be doing? For example, at the addition of Ratatouille. You're supposed to be telling this real life version of France, right? It's supposed to be this tiny little piece of France in Florida. But with the addition of the Beauty and the Beast film, and Ratatouille, it's like, now you're throwing a cartoon version of this culture, which is, I mean, I'm not directly French. I have the ancestry, but is that not offensive, but is that what you were going for with with the World Showcase in the first place? Maybe you've, they've changed the entire idea of World Showcase. They probably have, but originally if you're going with what they originally want intended which was this immersive snippet of the world then no absolutely not right <laughs> it's interesting and the same thing with frozen oh, adding yeah. frozen into norway horrible idea if you're going with the original concept for for it maelstrom as dead of a ride as it was of people not caring about it it was a great ride to give a sneak peek into norse mythology Mm-hmm. It was a great taste of that. I, I don't know. It just seems rough at what's going what's going on. And so, like, that's the the question: Is Epcot doing it? If you look at Epcot now and you look at it on an individual scale, is it telling one story at a time, or is it with the giant World's Fair, or are we now getting away from it with the addition of IPCOT? Epcot. I I. I've- yeah, I'm with you. I think that Epcot is, is drifting farther and farther away. And I mean, now they're even, you know, Future World is not going to exist anymore. There's going to be three separate areas. What is it? Like communities or like neighborhoods or something? It's a weird word. World world discovery, world nature, and world celebration, I think. Celebration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, to pair with world showcase. Um, and yeah because it's literally going to be like an east versus a west situation right i think so yeah because it's like future world east which is i can never remember oh, man, we're I getting can... the disney springs treatment <laughs> <laughs> can't wait for the three-part series on epcot oh yeah spoiler alert we didn't want to do that this week we'll do it next week disney springs <laughs> coming at you next week guys Excellent. um return of the springs the return of the springs that's right um Get it, Shay? It's a Lord of the Rings joke. Uh, Episode oh. three, The Return of the Springs. Get it now. Yep. Um, 
Oh, Shay, if you didn't check the title of the last episode, it was uh, the two hours that you used to spend at Downtown Disney. <laughs> we ran out of um, ideas. <laughs> yeah, that one was hard. The first one was was the the, the Fellowship of Fellowship the Springs. Springs. The Fellowship right. of the Springs. Yep. Anyway, um, I think that's kind of all we have with today's episode. Yep, I've said my piece. Um, this one, it's hard to find horrible examples of all of these commandments because it seems like it's almost too straightforward of an idea um in any writing of all like if you're writing a script if you're writing an attraction if you're writing a book if you're writing whatever you're writing right like the idea is that you should be hopefully telling one story or if you're if you're telling separate point of views make sure they're cohesive right right um and there are some pla- like there there are overarching ideas like we mentioned F- of new like the new idea for Epcot and some of the the castle parks and the movies that like the park itself is challenged with the fact that is that telling one story at a time but is that the purpose of the park or is it like because you could argue that the purpose of the, the theme park in the themed lands is that the lands are supposed to be telling the one story not the park itself you know Correct. um I think it's all subjective oh. kind of yeah and i think it's even hard to to talk about um hollywood studios and universal studios as well of like their original mission is not doesn't exist anymore because right. their original mission was to show you behind the scenes of the movies and how movies are made now everybody knows how movies are made they don't care about how movies are made they want to see their favorite movies come to life and that's what hollywood studios and universal have start, have turned into um so it, it's interesting to see how purists will say that no we're not doing that anymore that's not a good thing but when you think about the purpose of these parks are they they may not be telling one story at a time but they might still be serving their purpose so it's it's intriguing to see whether like where this commandment falls in regards to overarching ideas versus individual treatment you know yeah absolutely but um i think that's it ben you want to close us out oh we got yeah so, um, yeah, please like, uh, like this podcast, uh, <laughs> on, uh, if you're listening on Apple, please leave us a review that really, a rating and review that really helps us a lot. Bring a friend if you like what you hear today and you want to hear more plus see more bonus content. Why not visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash Q to Q spelled just like the podcast. You can subscribe anywhere starting from $1 going up and you get a lot of free stuff and cool things and uh, it's definitely worth it and yeah i'll spotify bring a friend did i miss anything uh follow us on our socials on twitter on instagram and on facebook that's where we are you can find us anywhere on the uh the show description that's where we we post that so we will uh actually thanks shay for joining us yeah and thank you thank you shay we will we will have you again next month for episode eight of Ten Commandments. We're running out of commandments. What are we going to have you on for next time? Goodness gracious. We will definitely find ideas. a segment. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with that, I think that's all we got. So we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.